So relational health is never grand gestures, ever. I don't ever tell my clients to go do something big, a big trip. I actually, in many ways, I say, okay, great, go do the trip. Go do this big thing that um, is going to be a lot of fun and enjoy it. And it's in two months. What are you doing for the next two months each and every day? It's a consistent action, consistently small action. And what that asks of us to do is it's asks us to reframe completely how we look at relationships because, again, it is being viewed as just something we obtain. And then it's done and it's settled and it'll figure itself out. And it's never that way. And it actually never has been that way. And it won't ever be that way. Because it's like saying, if I eat this healthy dinner today, then I'm good for health for three months. You're not. You still have to eat. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Mask Unity Podcast. I'm your co-host, CK. What's going on, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A-squared. And in the spirit of November, Movember specifically, it's Men's Health Month. And when Men's Health Month comes through, we talk a lot about physical health and spiritual health, mental health. But there's a part of our lives that we don't really talk about that's just as important is relational health, relationship health, the health of our relationships. And I think if we're all being honest with ourselves, being in or outside of a relationship, relationship health really matters. And so we want to talk about it. We want to unpack it, the importance of it, why we need to be focusing on it as men, why this conversation is necessary, and really how relational health impacts us in our lives. There's a lot of interesting stats that we're going to add into this conversation today. But before we do that, man, you know what time it is. It's Moo Check. Yo, yo, yo. Moo Check, Moo Check. What's going on, man? What you saying? What you saying? Quick mood check today. How am I feeling? While walking into this conversation, I was feeling nervous. That's just the truth of it. And then before that, I was feeling great. I was at a great client call. And this morning, I was feeling motivated. So definitely step by step. I always find that whenever I walk into this, I reflect on like the last few hours. And I'm like, okay, what's the last few hours mm-hmm. look like? So it was woke up felt motivated inspired then had a great call so felt really good about that just really confident about the work that i do and then coming into this call and the nerves started settling in and now i guess in this moment i feel a little calmer so that would be my current mood nice yeah what's your mood i like that i like sounds like you've had a very productive morning my man (laughs) so we like don't we productivity 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 it's funny that you actually bring that up i think had a had a couple of weeks off i was hanging out with my family and um it was kind of a little couple of weeks of doing you know just family stuff and um i wasn't really doing a lot of i guess productive things and i realized that like a lot of my identity is caught up in my product productivity yeah. like i'm i'm really happy when i'm like like ticking boxes in life yeah. you know and then just my to-do <laughs> list there's yeah. something about not being productive that like makes me feel anxious and negative. Like it can even be like a mundane list of things. Like, 
I'm going to go to the grocery store. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah. like, as long as I feel like I'm waking up and I'm moving towards like, like ticking a box, which is like, why do I feel that way? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I should explore why I feel like I need to constantly be doing shit. Relatable. Um, I do the same thing. Even just like having, knowing I have a list, even if I don't look at it, I'm like, oh, I feel better. <laughs> Literally. Even if you're just thinking about what's on the list, it's yep. like, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I'm proactively thinking about this list that I made that I'm not going to actually <laughs> tackle. But my brain is there, you yep. know? And so it's not just in this like no man space. But I just really realized like on that trip, like I was just like, oh, I'm irritated. I'm like agitated, but I'm like supposed to be like resting. It's like, it's, it's cool to have nothing to do. But mm. I'm like, oh my God, my body just, man, this is, this is not this is not vibing mm. for me. So um, it reminds me of the Finding the Edge podcast episode we did, right? Sometimes finding your edge is the rest. Sounds a little bit like what yeah. that what that you base a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like mindless rest is what I struggle mm-hmm. with, you know, because I can like go on vacation or go like do something that's right. restful, that's like more intentional, like like it's on my to do list. Like, like I'm gonna go like do you're this still doing rest. something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm still yeah. doing my vacation, guys. Don't like don't worry. Literally, <laughs> yeah. This was intentional. I planned to be taking a break right Ex- here, yes. right now, and I'm enjoying. Guys, I'm planning it. my fun. Um, okay, I don't know what you do, but I plan my fun. <laughs> literally, it's like the it's like the rest that wasn't like unsolicited rest is where mm. I'm like, mm, what the hell is this? Like unsolicited, great word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think today how I'm feeling. I'm back. I'm back in um, Toronto now. And uh, I guess I guess I just realized like these mood checks are all over the place because when we record, it might not be when we went out. Yeah, so it's fair. really just a reflection of like our state. But um, right now, in the, at the time of this recording, I'm, I'm coming back from that trip uh, and I'm back in my environment, uh, back in my routine. So I'm feeling a little bit more aligned uh, energetically. That's like how I'm definitely feeling. I'm feeling more aligned and more connected to like my environment where like I felt so foreign, even though I was hanging out with my family. It's not a place that like, you know, I have my routines and all of that. So it just felt uh, unsettling and in a bit like a foreign place. Um, but back in my routine, everything kind of feels a little bit more energetically aligned. I feel connected and the weather here right now, it's like, you know, coming into November and it's still great. Like I haven't reached for a jacket yet. So, uh, on my walk to get coffee today, I was like, Oh man, this is blissful. Um, Mm. but I'm sure you're not, you're not, you're almost like numb to good weather at this point. So, um, you know, it's funny you bring that yeah, up because I was just thinking about walking to a coffee shop in that experience. Like I put myself in your experience and there's like some deep gratitude in that moment for how great the weather is where you are. You know, like when you're walking and it's like 18, 16, hell, 12 degrees and it's sunny and you're just you're walking mm-hmm. to get coffee and you can feel the heat still in November in Canada. Like there's so much gratitude that pours through your body <laughs> that I I almost it's envy like that. Hard to avoid that feeling. Yeah, it's like yeah. hard to avoid it. It's like no one can ask you how you're doing after that walk, and like you don't feel like great. I feel yeah. amazing. <laughs> like I'm just so grateful that I'm not <laughs> be having to be the worst day. It's like I feel like it's like great weather in Canada in like November and you know October. If you're lucky, the beginning of December literally feels like like making your flight when you like didn't plan correctly you know like you're behind (laughs) someone house somehow you got through security somehow you're like oh my god i'm just so grateful to be here this is just (laughs) just so happy i could not be anything but happy Um, even though that was the most stressful experience getting on this plane i'm just so happy to be here i'm just Mm -hmm. so happy i made it 
um yeah but yeah it's great it reminds me of a, a audio on tiktok or uh instagram right now it's like a win's a win listen a win's a win i don't know what you're saying but a win's <laughs> a win you know <laughs> it's 10 in december like a win is a win <laughs> yeah yeah no i love those i love those tiktoks it's funny because it's it's actually they usually say some like cryptic shit though <laughs> sometimes it's like some intense ass stuff and they're like i guess a win's a win a you win's know? A win. like, yeah yeah Oh, that's good. Well, thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. Great analogies as always. But let's get into the conversation. So it's men's health, men's health month. It's our health month, gentlemen. And in this month, generally, there's a deep prioritization around prostate health and mental health. Those are really the two big focuses. And while we don't want to dismiss that experience, I think that we want to make sure we are thinking of all avenues. We are giving ourselves some room to breathe, not putting so much pressure on those areas and really thinking about the day-to-day. And the day-to-day really does involve our relationships, whether they are intimate or whether they are friendships. Either way, the famous quote is the quality of our relationships determines the quality of our lives. And for me, I really resonate with that. I have. I heard it from Tony Robbins and I think he heard it from someone before that. Uh, I think it's kind of just this everlasting quote and it strikes home for me because I know when my relationship is going well, I really do feel like I can take on more. I feel like I can do more out into the world. I feel like work seems easier. I feel like I can focus more. I don't feel well bad. Like when I do, when my relationship isn't really going well, when we're fighting or we haven't resolved something or, you know, there's an argument that just, didn't really land the right way, it really does influence my ability to focus in many ways. So the quality of my relationship does play a huge factor in the quality of my life. And I know this to be true, because this is the work that I do. I see this all the time. And all of my clients is really when the relationship starts to dwindle, or really just not be in a great spot, their lives tend to really take a hit. So this influences our health by nature, right? If we're stressed about our relationship, then we're impacting our health in some way. So relational health is really important. And we all know the stats. We've come across them. We know the divorce rates are high. We know it's like a 50% chance or 51% chance of being divorced. And you put it really well before this conversation. Imagine flipping a coin to decide before it starts, is this going to work or not? Flip and just kind of hope for the best. I think that's really how a lot of it works. And this hope for the best, well, leads to 51% of it all not working out the best. So what are we going to talk about today? Most specifically is really that idea around why relationships are challenged, what we can do to be proactive about it, and how can we improve our quality of lives and our health by improving the quality of our relationships. So from your standpoint, right, you're single, I'm in a relationship, I've been in a relationship for about a year and a half now. And you've been single now for I think, quite some time right not to put you on the spot there but you've been single for a little while now right easy now (laughs) (laughs) which is funny because being in a relationship unfortunately holds social status which is kind of really annoying because it really puts single people in a like a almost like a guilt shame cycle of like what's wrong with me right like i'm not matching up society's vision of what i'm quote unquote supposed to be doing right so it's tough because it's not true but it feels that way i would imagine yeah, you just really painted me as like some piece of garbage. I just like. <laughs> <around here. laughs> 
I said it and I was you've like, been single. You've, you've been single for like a long time. I have right? been like, single. You're like, right. And I felt that. Absolutely. I, I felt that same way. I was like, uh, like, I feel like I'm something might be wrong with me because I'm not with someone. Like, is something wrong with me? <laughs> anyway, yeah, separate conversation. Yeah. yeah, I'm on clearance. I've been in the back of the store for a while. No one's purchasing it. Um, <laughs> clearance we've taken on the price a couple of times. <laughs> Price is going up. I'm out of season. Uh, I'm in season. Yeah, it's been a tough go. It's been a tough go. Yeah. No, um, okay. I mean, this conversation, I think, is um, yeah. Go ahead. To me, it, it aligns so well, and I think that I've always kind of in like my goal setting sessions or when I'm looking at my life and you know reanalyzing the vision. There's always been kind of that that you know what is my what is my spiritual health? What is my emotional health? What is my physical health? And and in those buckets it's always been what is my relational health? You know, like mm. what are my relationships like and how am I either supporting these relationships? How am I showing up as the most the best version of myself in these relationships and how am I attracting the relationships that I want? You know, that's the other thing. That's the there's the ones that you have, there's the ones that you were born into, you know, your family, all those kind of things. And then there's the one that you're trying to attract. And I think that, you know, dating is, 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 is some of that, you know, the relationships that you're trying to attract or the friendships that you're trying to attract to maybe, you know, learn from or the mentors that you're trying to attract. And I think your ability to value relationships and not treat them as just things that happen. Mm -hmm. I think there's like an awareness to that, you know, understanding how is this relationship either being a mirror for me in terms of like reflecting what I need to work on on myself mm -hmm. or how is this relationship, how am I contributing to this relationship and helping somebody develop and grow into their own, you know, authentic version of themselves and things like that. And I think that relationships can test you in a lot of different ways because especially intimate relationships, because there's only so many people in your life that are going to be able to see you, um, you know, pardon the metaphor, but like naked, you know, in your entirety. Mm. You know, and not in, not just physically, but like with your emotions and your, mm -hmm. you know, because we do have a bit more of a, uh, we're dressed up when we go to work and you speak to your boss. You're dressed up when you go hang out with your friend. You know, you, you take off the articles of clothing that you want and you keep whatever you want on on. But when you're in those intimate relationships, it's like, it's hard to not allow that person to see you fully. If you've been, have been lucky enough to have that experience where you've shown somebody yourself fully and that person kind of holds the cards for like you know what is to be true about what they're being perceived at least how they're emotionally um interpreting how you are maybe they're not there could be levels of like that person seeing you in your full vulnerability and not being ready to handle that you know and then now you're now their reaction to who you are isn't actually helping you but it's hurting you and it has nothing to do with you but it's just like it's more data points for you to work off of um, and so if you can reverse that, you know, you spoke about this 50%, 50 plus percent of, you know, divorce rates and flipping a coin. I think that the nature of our podcast is for men to become more, more proactive in just their life in general. And I mm -hmm. think that this is a huge opportunity to not only look at statistics like suicide and divorce rates and analyze what can I do now to prevent me from getting to a point where I'm a part of those statistics Mm. yeah and, because and, who you are now and the decisions you make now will really yeah. help you in putting yourself in the best position to not be a part of those statistics and that's why i think this conversation is so important mm -hmm. yeah and you speak to it which i love in the sense of real radical life experience like the, you're single right now and i think 
the general idea of a single person is to just get into a relationship. Like ultimate goal is find someone and be with them. Right? That's kind of where it ends. And I remember in my past when I was single thinking about it, I wasn't, I wasn't really questioning how I have shown up in my past relationships. And I wasn't really questioning how I want to show up in the next one. Right? So I wasn't really trying to get a good grasp of what it's going to look like, how I want it to look like, and what I maybe might do differently. And I never questioned the divorce rate. I never questioned really separation. Like I didn't say, you know, I want to make sure I'm not one of the divorced or that I can prepare in a way for it to end. So how can I be proactive about it? It was never a thought process. And so I, I find it so interesting to hear that it has been for you because it's so different than my experience. Like I said, it literally was just find a partner and that's where it ends and then figure it out from there. Essentially, what I realize now is I was almost flipping a metaphorical coin in my head without knowing it. And well, sure enough, I wasn't creating anything in those past relationships. So they did end up, quote unquote, divorcing, but ending in the same way. They all just dissipated away because there wasn't that creation. It's very interesting. What have you found like on your journey? Um, how intense do you feel like you've thought about it? And has there been, I would imagine there's a lot of like helpful narratives, but you're not in a partnership now. So has there been any unhelpful things that have come up in like being so proactive? Mm -hmm. It's funny. I disagree with uh, having been in a relationship like for, for, you know, whether you're saying it now or whatever, like I think the biggest difference between me and other people is I view every relationship like a relationship. Uh, yeah. I, I don't separate how I feel about, I just think that some of them are more intense than others, right? Mm -hmm. My intimate relationship is just a very intense version of my relationship with my best friends. Mm. You know, it's, you know, and I think that that's really helped me in being able to not have to put on so many different hats when I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to give this person this much of me and I'm going to give this person this much of me. Like I've been, I've been called, you know, for the people I've been called for everybody. I've been, you know, like there's this idea of just like showing all your relationships, the best version of you're trying your hardest in every relationship that you have. And like, I can give a small example of this. So when I started, when I, I live with a roommate now and I had did the whole college thing where you live with a roommate and like you split the fridge in half, you wash what you, what you dirty, you, you're very much two people living in a place and you're codependent. Like you're not really sharing a space at all. Right. And that's like, that's what being living with a roommate in college felt like for me. Right. It was, it was cool. Like I'm going to, this is my stuff. This is your stuff. Let's keep things separate. One of the conversations I had with the roommate that I have now before moving in was, Hey, I don't want to be in a college dynamic because that's not going to prepare me for what I'm about to go into after this. Mm. Right. Like I'm at a certain age. I'm your roommate right now. But the next chapter after this for me is probably going to be either living on my own or living with somebody else. And I don't want to be building bad habits. Like I'm a college kid right now where I'm only washing my dishes. You're washing yours. Like I want a more thoughtful environment to be in so that like I can transition easier to like a relationship. So this includes, hey, I'm grocery shopping, texting, texting my roommate being like, hey, what's missing for you? Hey, I saw your laundry. I put it on your bed. Hey, I, I did the dishes that you didn't do. Hey, I'm taking out the garbage. Hey, checking in. Hey, how is it going? Right. And he's a guy. He's my roommate. 
but these skills are going to carry over. If I'm already mm-hmm. like unconsciously being thoughtful about a guy that I'm not in an intimate, you know, we're just roommates. How easy is it going to be for me later on to be like, you know, I can already hear someone be like, oh, thanks for doing the dishes. I'm like, yeah, that's what I like. This is what I do. I'm programmed to do this. I'm living with somebody. I'm just going to be thoughtful about it. Like this is not where I think a lot of us guys go from like such a such a such a crazy shift and they don't mm-hmm. treat some of their relationships with a bit more compassion and thoughtfulness and therefore they have to turn on a switch that hasn't been on in so long now they're seeing someone they feel rusty they feel this they feel that so these are examples of like for me personally how i proactively kind of avoid this idea of going so hot and cold into into and from one relationship with the guys or my boss and then having to transition that into a and struggling with that and i did mm-hmm. that you know i remember feeling super disconnected with someone I was talking to before because I hadn't had anything that even felt like what was going on there in my other relationships. Like it was like, Oh, this is such an anomaly. This feels so like I have to try so hard to be in this thing because the, the skill set to be in that, you know, thoughtful space was just so hard for me to come to. Right. But when you're, when you're thinking about your friends that way when you're thinking about your you know your mother and you know your dad and your family members and you're thinking about everybody in this like you know how can i how can i help how can i be thoughtful how can i move a barrier out of somebody's way how can i you know do this to you know better better them how can i you know pass them the ball to give them the opportunities to score when you're already doing these things one you're going to be in a better position to attract somebody and even more importantly you're going to be in a better position to retain them and keep mm-hmm. them in your life because they're going to feel that you know, they're going to feel like, oh, mm-hmm. this person is thoughtful. You can't just, you don't, you don't just become thoughtful. You have to put it into practice and you got to try. So mm. um, that's like a small example of, you know, how I view it all, how I view it all. And these are like ways where I'm like, I'm, I'm attacking my relational health, but not by pursuing a woman. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I'm doing it. I'm practicing the skills that I'm going to hopefully play using a game in the future because mm-hmm. it's all transferable in my opinion. Without a doubt, that was uh, an incredible example. And it reminded me of past episodes that we've discussed around relationship to self. And, you know, you kind of discussed around being thoughtful towards this relationship. And really, I think a lot of times, too, what that's also being thoughtful of is how we relate to ourselves through those experiences and how we want to show up and who we want to be seen as, what kind of person we want to be in those moments. And I was reminded of the you know, the drastic shift between being single, living on your own, right? Not in a roommate and not really having the opportunity in that moment to learn how you can relate, right? To another person, be in the same space as them. But the same thing that you just did, you can apply to your own routine, your own system. Right? Like what, how are you considering yourself, right? Because you're considering your roommate. So how can you consider yourself in a similar way? So the joke is like, men have one one pillow and a mattress on the floor right like it, it, that's that's how men are until they get into a relationship and then there's an entire bed frame and 50 pillows right like completely mm-hmm. different <laughs> shift right. but in that moment it's like considering the relationship dynamic that you want to get into how are you preparing yourself for that is sleeping on the floor a preparatory or in, in preparation for or is it going to be like a complete night and day that's going to rock your world and you'll probably be really confused as to why we're doing this because you've never really even considered it before right and not to say that we have to do what the other person would do but i think you're gathering the, the perspective right like can i do the dishes right after i'm done and that in my head says to me like relationally that's probably what i'm going to end up doing right so why don't i start that now 
why don't I take care of the things that I have in my space now so that I can feel free to do so and it'll be less effort to take care of others as well to support my relationship in that moment. Did all that make sense? I tie that around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that's spot on, right? I think that yeah. there's there's opportunities for you every single day out there to view things as more than you want you want it you want it to be. Mm -hmm. You know, you can lean into your friendships more. You can do, you know, you can check in on your your friends more and like checking in on your friends more. There's a level of emotional intelligence there. There's a level of want and like care and curiosity. Those are all things that are going to carry over, you know, uh, being there for your, you know, relationships in a way that's more impactful and more like influential, you know, um, is a way for you to learn more about yourself. You know, having a difficult conversation in your friendships or in your relationships that you have now is going to carry over to having a difficult conversation in, in, in a relationship. Right. So I just think that like these, these are the ways as like a single man that I kind of, you know, you know foresee but i think the the main thing and i think that this is always what i'm going to come back to like i think the main relational health the best thing you can do for your relationship relational health is understanding you mm -hmm. like the best thing you can do for your relational health does not have to do with anything outside of you it's, it's just you and mm -hmm. understanding that right because a relationship is a partnership and a partnership implies that i understand what i bring to the table I understand who I am and I understand what I want, right? And so like I feel like a big part of the dating world is really just and that's why I think that a lot of people, you know, there's uh there's uh the memes and the TikToks that are like focus on you king, like focus on yourself king. And though it's funny and cheeky, it's kind of true, you know? I think the best way to get into the best relationship is to focus on yourself, you know, and really understand, especially if you're not in it. If you're in the relationship, you're already in the work, right? You're already in the arena of practice. You just get up the reps, right? Take the opportunities to, you know, be in that relationship and learn from your mistakes and like, you know, uh, honor their journey, honor all the different people you're going to fall in love with. Like when you're in a relationship, you're in the work, right? You're already in the arena. But if you're not in a relationship, all good, even better, mm -hmm. right? Because you have this huge opportunity, this huge runway of being able to self-discover yourself, which is, allows you the best opportunity to find the right person for you. You know, but I think too many people are like in the hamster wheel or running the rat race and running the societal game. And then they, because they don't know themselves, they just meet people on lust and infatuation and attraction and things that are, you know, more surface level. And then they bond themselves to that. And then, you know, you fast forward three years, four years, couple kids, marriage, and you realize, oh shit, I don't even know myself. And this person that I've glued myself to, I kind of glued myself to them without understanding myself. And now that I've understood myself, I don't know if this environment is the right one for me. And that's where I feel like a lot of, you know, relationships fall apart, um, whether it ends mm -hmm. completely or, or doesn't end, or there's a fright, like, you know, it feels fragmented. Um, and so I think the real answer to everything in relationships is ironic because it's, it's completely to be in a relationship with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you, sp you spoke to something there that I think is actually very frequent and common in relationships is the, the, men's, the man's midlife crisis. Have you ever noticed like big time in marriages and relationships at about 40 or 50, all of a sudden dad or just the man in the marriage, if there's no children, just like sends it. 
right? Buys all the toys, does all the crazy things, like almost just starts to be like a younger version of him again, right? It's like living through so many different experiences. And I see this so often. And it in that moment, for me, it speaks to, I've always been curious because I've never experienced it. But in that moment, in my head, what I see is like someone trying to discover who they are. And that's what that, that midlife crisis is. It's not like, I don't know. I guess it just never was really phrased growing up is what it really was. Everyone just called it. Well, they're just going through his midlife crisis. And then as I learned more about authenticity and walking into a relationship, your true self and still living your life, even though you're also in a relationship, like it became very evident to me that those experiences of midlife crisis are really um, a reach for understanding of who we are who we are at our core what we still value because in ways i think we gave it up for the relationship i think we felt like there were certain things we had to just not do and not be to be in a relationship we couldn't be our real true self we couldn't really honor the things that we enjoy and we couldn't find the balance right we couldn't find the balance either so well i checked the box of relationship so i need to just maintain that so that box is checked i don't have to worry about checking it again so i'll just i'll give up these other things to maintain that box check and it's tough, right? Like being in that position of who am I after so long of just doing all the things you th were told you were supposed to do, like the career and the job and the family and the marriage and the kids and the house. You do all of these things and then you still get to this point where you're asking yourself, who am I? What do mm -hmm. I value still? And it's a daunting experience. It's a daunting challenge to take on because now you have all of these things you have to take care of, right? You have all these things you're responsible for now. You can't just negate that responsibility. Um, unfortunately, mm -hmm. sometimes people do, and that leads to you know cheating and infidelity and you know poor behavior, like things that are not really conducive to what we're really looking for. But it's I can't imagine what it would really feel like because I've never been divorced and you haven't either. So we are speaking from third party perspective, but I can imagine that in that moment, not knowing who you are would be such a drastic thing that you might feel like you need to go make a big drastic decision to be able to do so. And maybe that is divorce or maybe infidelity that leads to divorce. You know? mm -hmm. And I mean, just here, there's, you know, a quick little list of, you know, some of the reasons why there is divorce that's outside of that, you know, trouble with finances, lack of communication, constant fighting, unrealistic expectations, lack of intimacy, lack of equality, you know, not being prepared for marriage, physical and emotional abuse. So there is a, 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 a plethora of, you know, reasons why people might get divorced. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not saying that in, in no shape or form, is there another way to be divorced or is there, is there something that can come up? Absolutely. But, you know, the metaphor that, you know, we kind of had prior to this conversation coming into it is that, like, you can still end up sick and end up in a hospital even if you're healthy, right? But you give yourself the best chance to not end up there, right? You mm -hmm. give yourself the best chance to not have some health concerns or health issues. Now, can genetics play a role? Absolutely. Can, you know, environmental, you know, issues can play a role? Absolutely. But if you're exercising and you're a healthy human being in general, you're giving yourself the best chance. And I think that self-discovery in this example is being able to put yourself in the best position possible in order to have a successful relationship, in order to have a healthy relationship. And there is things that you can kind of do to, you know, hopefully put yourself in the best best position to, to, to feel that. Um, I was speaking, uh, an example came to me. I was, I was having a conversation with, uh, with, a, with a woman who at a really young age, she realized that she was good at math, right? She was good at math. 
uh, you know, she went to business school, she got into finance and she realized there's a lot of men here. Right. And naturally her personality was like, she was a competitor. Right. And she realized early, I'm smart. I'm good at math. This is an arena that's full of men. Her competitive nature kicked in and she just went to, she just went to war. Right. Mm -hmm. And just competing, proving her, proving her, um, her, her, her place, her, her wisdom and, you know, really being a trailblazer for, you know, women and and to her, like, you know, she wanted to kind of set that, that set that new precedent. And then she really climbed the ranks competing with the best, you know, got to, got to where she wanted to get to. Um, and then she looked back and now she's at where she wants to get to. And she was driven for a long time, you know, to just get to where she wanted to get to. And she looked back and she was saying to me, like, I'm just questioning my, like, am I fulfilled though? Like, do I feel fulfilled? And I don't know because I just was so caught up in this idea of getting to a place and getting there and just doing it and doing the things that I never really kind of questioned how I felt the whole way or I didn't really process like, what am I getting out of this? And my competitive nature kicked in or in this example, it could be what society thinks you should be and this and that and what your parents are pressuring you to do and all of these things, right? And it just reminds me of this idea of what we're talking about here is, is getting to a place you know, and being like, am I fulfilled? Like, mm-hmm. do I, do I feel like, what do I feel like? And to, I love that she used the word fulfillment because fulfillment to me just speaks to like the connection from your internal to your external, you know, like, am I fulfilled? Like is who I am and like what I feel inside connected to like what I've created out here, you know, and it's such a daunting question to ask yourself when you get to some of these areas. Right. Um, and I think that like a lot of us, some of us kind of go this head down and blaze through and get to a certain point in life and we start re- reversing it. Uh, and then some of us are asking us ourselves those questions the whole entire time and not connecting to something because we just like, we're trying to figure out like, yeah. like you know, you're, you're, you're yeah. constantly questioning who you are and you're like, oh, I don't know. Now that I know this about myself, I don't know if I, that resonates with me and you're kind of <laughs> yeah. playing this game. So I think there is problems on both sides and I think that there is a there is a game on both sides. But I think that we really do our best opportunity. We really do the best we can to curve that by being just more aware of this discovery and being more aware of the self-mastery and the self-awareness and what comes up for you. Um, and in some examples, you can't really, I feel like to her, she probably felt like she had to do what she needed to do to get to her where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no, ju- there's no, you know, you should never feel ashamed of like, you know, feeling unconnected because sometimes that's just, you know, when you're in the, when you're in the eye of the fire, that's what you feel like you need to do. Um, I'm just happy. I just hope that everyone can get to a point where, they start to address that and they start to address their self-discovery because that's where all the all the passion and all the all the all the real quality of life really kicks in in my opinion is when you start mm-hmm. questioning those things so something that anwar and i both deeply value in our lives is personal development and not just talking the talk but also walking the walk which is one of the fundamental reasons why we created this podcast is to support you in having the tough conversations and then feeling confident and safe to take new action with this new knowledge. So what we've decided to do to support you in this is we've partnered with Men's League, a men's mental health platform whose biggest focus is to make a systemic shift in how we view what being a man is and what masculinity entails. Their mission is to provide a diverse group of like-minded men with a support system surrounding their mental health, their physical health, their financial aptitude, and their personal relationships. Men's League is a space where you commit to improving yourself. You commit 
to improving your mental health and becoming a better man. So what does Men's League offer? Well, let's get into it. First and foremost, they're a private community for men which includes a chat forum and also monthly Zoom calls where you come together, discuss a topic, and you just partake in conversation with other men. I've taken part in so many of those. They're one of my favorite things. Mental health check-ins. So this is huge. This is unlimited 45-minute sessions with mental health professionals. Incredible. You always have that help at your access. Discounted one-on-one and group coaching services, a whole mental health resource library to help you manage your day-to-day and real-life issues. Exclusive membership offers. This is cool. They have discounts for men's clothing and health products. And this is my personal favorite part because I've partaken in it a lot is professionally made online self-development courses that you can take at your own pace. They're always available to you and they'll help you with your relationships, your physical health and your financial aptitude. So if you're looking to get involved, we in Men's League are excited to offer you a 50% off of your first year membership to do, to join the league, go ahead and click that link in the bio or go to mensleague.com. And don't forget to enter promo code modernmask50 and get access to everything they have to offer. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. We'll see you back in the episode. Yeah, because you get more aligned with who you really are. You become more authentic and you give yourself the freedom internally to be able to make decisions that feel right. And this kind of brings me to some radical questions that Gabby and I have asked ourselves many times is, you know, do we even want to get married? Right. Like, is that even something we want to do? And the funny part was before she actually brought it up, I never questioned it because it's just what you do. You just get a partner, time passes, and eventually you present a ring and you get married. That's just where things end, right? That's the, there's no thought process to it. And I never really questioned like, is there something that I want though? Like, does marriage align with me? Does the process align with me? Does the um, event itself align with me? Is, are, are there things that maybe don't align with me? Right? What does that look like, relationally speaking? And other questions are monogamy versus poly. For some people, monogamy is the answer. But then all of a sudden, people started getting poly. And I said to myself, hell to the absolute no, I would never do that. And then I had to ask myself the question, wait, why am I so resistant to that? Right. So take the marriage, for example. If someone asks you, are you ever going to get married? And you're like, oh, absolutely. Like if you're like really in that decision, then maybe you can actually question yourself, is that really what I wanted? Or do I need to make it seem as if that's what I wanted so other people see me in a better light? Right. Looking at someone and thinking that they're poly, that might be too judgmental for you. They might receive too much judgment from other people. So you just stay monogamous, but really you want to be poly. Right. So like, what are the questions that we're asking ourselves when it comes to relationships? What values do I have in those spaces? And where is my, my own ability to question what I want in that process? I think it's so important. And that's what allows us to connect because I don't know. I think, th- I think for me, connection and intimacy aren't, aren't really possible if we're presenting a masked version of ourselves. If I'm not really expressing my truth, I'm not really answering the questions to maybe a little bit more depth than just yes or no, then are we really able to reach connection and intimacy and closeness that I actually feel like I can feel it? And I don't actually think that's possible. I think that it's 
going to be walled off. It's going to be really surface level love, really surface level sex, really surface level connection and closeness. It won't really like really feel the depth of it. And maybe that's why in many ways relationships for people have become disposable because it's not really a deep experience. It's very surface. So it's easy to just kind of shy off. If I don't really give much, then that means I can also get out really easily because, you know, I'm not really fully into it. I haven't fully invested my time into it. Yeah, you uh, you bring up uh, something that I think I want to I want to I want to gravitate to because it's an interesting conversation. You bring up this idea of all these different styles of marriage now, right? Like, there's like there's so many more ways of being in a relationship nowadays. Given there was before back in the day, there was this very traditional type of look, right? And I love it because we're always getting back to this the the why the word modern is in our in our in our name. It's mm. you know, I think back in the day. It was so traditional that like self-discovery wasn't as important, you know? And, mm-hmm. I, and what I mean by that is that like when there's a very limited amount of things on the menu, then I know out of the three, this is my favorite thing on the menu. I'm not going to be, I'm not insecure about that. I'm a provider. I do this. I do that. I fit this box well. It's easy. You find another partner. They're like, yep, yeah, this person fits that box well. It's fine. You know what I mean? And it, it, And it can work because there isn't as much complexity to the dynamic, right? But the same way how like, you know, when my, my parents first came here, they were like, these are the things that we're concerned about. We focus on these three things, food, shelter, like, you know, life is, it's, it's, it's not that complicated. We're just, we're just trying to make these three things come to life. If we do that, mm-hmm. it's successful. Mm-hmm. And then we're born and we're like, oh, there's a lot more options out here. I'm not just fulfilled by food and by this and by that. And so evolution plays a massive role in creating more more emphasis on self-discovery because Mm -hmm. there's more options to explore, right? There's more things to explore. So you're going to, in this exam, you're going to be asked a lot more questions than maybe, you know, an old traditional relationship was like, can you do this, this, and this? Cool. That's, that's the silhouette for a perfect, like perfect man, or that's a silhouette for a perfect woman. These two people meet, things should be good. Things should be fine. Mm -hmm. Then now because we've been able to evolve, we've been given more options, we've been given more ideas, and now you're being tested more, right? Which means you need to understand yourself more. And you know, the example that kind of came to me when you were talking is just like, just because there's more items on a food menu doesn't mean necessarily it's better, right? Mm. Going to a restaurant with 40 food items doesn't mean that that restaurant is better than the restaurant with three or four items. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, what matters is what are you like? Right. Mm-hmm. And if I go to this restaurant with 40 menu, 40 menu items, it's only overwhelming if I don't know what I like. If I know what I like, it's very easy. I'm, I like these three things. These 37 don't apply to me. And I know mm-hmm. myself and I'm okay with that decision. It's coming to this restaurant and being overwhelmed by the food menu because you have no idea who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. You have no idea what to choose or what to have. And so, why don't you just order a couple of things on the menu, see how you feel. That doesn't work. It does work. And that's the mm-hmm. work. That's a self-discovery, right? And I think yeah. that like as life evolves, you should be able to go to that restaurant with all those food menus and feel less and less insecure about what you're choosing because you are understanding what you like. And so you explore the pages that you're enjoying. You get to a corner. You realize, okay, cool. I'm a vegetarian. So everything with meat in here doesn't apply to me. 
this is the this is the, this is the things that I'm ordering off of. And as mm-hmm. you start to like find that focus, as you start to find the area in which you know the menu appeals to you, then you're able to be way more clear about what you're choosing. And so I think in life, it's very important to always understand more isn't necessarily better. Never, mm-hmm. right? It's all relative. Absolutely. So, and more might actually be valuable for you. Maybe you do like to change it up often, right? Maybe that is the version of the relationship you do want is 40 items on the list. And I think it's less about should or shouldn't I do that? And it's like, can I just be okay with that? Can I just be okay that I like to walk into a restaurant and there's 40 items and that's what I prefer. I prefer to 40 and I try one today and then I stick with that for today. And then tomorrow I would prefer something different and I want to try something new. That would be in in layman's terms, I guess, comparably speaking, that would be more of the poly side of relationships, right? Being able right. to variety, have variety choice. and change choice uh, differences in your experience. And that can still be okay if you feel like it's okay and you know that's what you are currently wanting in this moment and in this experience of your life. And you may be monogamous in 10 years. Right? A great example is Aubrey Marcus. Aubrey Marcus was poly and had th- that experience for a while. And in his experience, it really tore him apart. It was really hard to do, but he had his choice, right? And he had his experience and he had all these people in his life. And then eventually he got married, right? And in many ways, it can be confusing because I think that there is this narrative out there that you have to make one decision and only ever that one decision. And that's how it's always been, right? So that narrative mm-hmm. makes complete sense. The only way to do relationship is you find one person and you get married. That's really the end of it. And divorce was the ultimate sin. Divorce wasn't, isn't really the ultimate sin anymore. Divorce is very common. It's so common and so almost normal that people are actually pushing other people to get divorced because you just can right? It's just an option now. Again, what you're saying, there's an option on the menu on the bottom that says sides and it said divorce, right? So there's an option there somewhere. And what that gives us is obviously freedom, which is important, but it also allows us to understand that in my current season, this is what I prefer. This is what aligns with me. And maybe right now it isn't a choice. Maybe it is discovery, right? Same thing with, um, if we're trying to build I don't know, a general lifestyle. Like you don't know the exact experience until you try it. So you're in the discovery phase. And then when you come out, you make a choice. And then in a year, maybe that choice is different. But this is the hard part about relationships is you really need to know before you get into it, what it is that you really value. And then make a commitment that you're going to learn how to love the every version of that person that shows up. And so every version of that, um, meaning in the future, one person could say, listen, I, I need to be poly. It's, 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 it's mad. I, there's nothing I have to. And the other person's like, okay, that's not what I value. So this really sucks. But you said you would never be poly. Like, how could you make it change your mind? Like all these big arguments. And it's like, yeah, I totally hear you. And this absolutely sucks. And someone's going to get hurt. But this is my true nature. This is what I want to experience. And this is what I want to do. Right? So what are we allowing to be okay? What are we judging? What are we making to be a poor decision or a bad person decision? What is the sin here? I don't really think those are the right questions. Um, The question I always come back to with my clients is it doesn't really matter what it is you do or do want. Is it what you want for your relationship? And how are you making that relationship work? And if that's not what you want to do, then that's okay too. We don't need to bring shame into our decisions. We can have some guilt over hurting someone, but we don't need to bring shame into it. And this this is really where we're at. 
like you said, the modern form of our experience is yes, those endless options. And so really all we just want to know is do you want the endless options or do you want to fine tune yourself and understand yourself so you know what direction you're headed? Can we at least just get Mm -hmm. that down? What direction am I headed? I don't know, for the next year or something like that. Something. So we're not aimless. The aimless is a scary place, right? Because then you're really just taking advantage of all of the options. So you're really all over the apps, right? And you're not able to make a decision because you are aimless. You don't know where you're going. And maybe that's for you too. Who's, Who's to really say, right? Maybe the aimless is for you. And that can be okay too. Mm-hmm. I think aimlessness without intention is dangerous. Um, I would agree. Personally, I think that, you know, you can be aimless and have intentionality in, in your aimlessness. Uh, and, and you can mm-hmm. be taking feedback in real time. You know, you can be learning from your mistakes and, you know, repetitive patterns of, you know, repetitive, you know, poor behavior constantly over and over and over again. I, I, I doubt that that's going to help you progress as a human being. But, you know, if you're taking your losses and your, your learnings and your, you know, your successes and your, it's allowing you to see yourself more clearly, then that's life. That's, that's what it's all about yeah. is, is, is exploring things. Um, I think one thing I also wanted to add, and it just kind of, kind of just came to me and it's a little thing that bothers me sometimes is we're in this world of debate all the time. Um, and I think that sometimes the way we perceive these debates is that by having some of these newer options, it, it's supposed to like deter from a traditional style, right? Like as if that is not on the menu anymore, right? Like we're in this converting Mm. space where I can still, if you're someone who desires a traditional and that's your, your self-discovery has led you to come to the conclusion that, Hey, I like a traditional type of marriage that is still on the menu despite how you how the world is making you feel about that Mm -hmm. right like and that that's kind of what i've hated about this new world is that like we're almost sometimes getting to a point where we introduce a new food item to the menu it's as if it's going to take another thing off the menu and Mm. we got to get out of that headspace you know we got to get out of that version is like the wrong version like if 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 if, you know if if if, uh, if, if gay marriage wants to be legal then why are we all so in an uproar as if your version of what you want in your life is going to be taken off the menu to bring this on the menu, right? Like that's mm. the energy that is like being brought to some of these conversations, right? Is like, absolutely not. I don't want that person to be able to order a vegan dish. They need to eat meat. Like, the, like you know, it's just like, if the world is a menu and we're like new people want new ways of expressing themselves and whatever and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's like, for me, it's like, it's not taking anything out of your life. It's not taking any, it's not taking a food item that you enjoy off the menu. You want traditional, go for it. But there's the gender norms are changing. There's more food items, so to speak. And other people want to explore those food items. That has nothing to do with you not being able to order your traditional breakfast. You can continue to order your traditional breakfast. It's on the menu. No one's taking it off. And actually like, like food, like newsflash, there's a lot of women out there that actually still like traditional norms as well. And they are still, you just need to do the work to discover who you are, what you like, review the mm-hmm. menu, and then go out there and find what you enjoy, you know, and, and be okay with the fact that like your option is also out there. All the world is doing is introducing other options and other alternatives. And it's, um, I think it's, it's really disheartening sometimes when I see people who come to war for something that feels like 
their way of life is being taken out because it has a bit more of like a like a like a forceful thing like i believe in this so you need to believe in this and it's just Mm -hmm. like mate just go over there and hang with the people that like what you do just Mm -hmm. just do your own work and and be okay with other people doing the work for themselves and if they come back to where you're at after doing the work great and if they don't great and i know that there's you know we're in this this is not really, you know, because I'm always like, okay, cool, as a father or, you know, I can understand that as a father, I said, as a future father, geez, um, <laughs> as a future father, I can understand the like, okay, well, if the world is just like doing a lot of like wild stuff and there's just, it's just too, I'm worried about the influence that my kids are going to have in this world with such a big menu. So can we control, you know, can we control the narrative so much that it's like, I just want my kids to see this side of the menu. I don't want my kids to see the other side of the menu. The reality is that we're way past that now, man. Way past that. Your kids are going to know the menu, right? And I think the best thing that you can do is be so authentically aligned with the part of the menu that you 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 enjoy that you can be the best influential person on the the people that you're you're raising. That's the best option that you have. Not berating the other sides of the menu not talking down about other people's lifestyles it's about mm-hmm. being the most authentic person that you are in the lifestyle that you've chosen so that it in itself is impactful it in mm-hmm. itself is influential and and your and your and your kids want to gravitate towards that and accepting that hey if they don't want to gravitate towards that that at least you're setting the best example of what what you what you believe to be true and you're so aligned in that mm-hmm. um and I think that, that is really the most because this out of sight, out of mind mentality is not going to work. Mm-hmm. The menu is public, uh, yeah, <laughs> and everyone's going to see it. So, yeah. and your that choices. was just a little bit of an off rip, but no, it's I great like it, because there's, there, there's alignment there. A hundred percent. What you bring air to is the trusting in that the choice that you make is the one that's right for you, and that it doesn't have to be right for somebody else, including your children, right? Like you the way in which we operate sometimes is the expectation that I think the world is supposed to operate the way we operate. And that's what gets us in these traps of like, I'm poly. So therefore you should be poly. Like it's great. And it's like, okay, great. I'm glad you enjoy it. I actually really enjoy my monogamy relationship. Thank you so much for asking though. Right? Like it's, it's, can I, can I really stand firm? And that's what I want, but I can't, if I'm not asking myself that question. So when someone presents another opportunity and I haven't asked it, it's going to be really threatening. When someone says to me, you should be poly. And I have never questioned if I should or shouldn't. I'm going to be pretty defensive about that question and say, no, 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 no. Like, what a stupid decision. I've never asked myself because I'm not consciously choosing what I am in this moment, right? And that's really the the example you gave about parenting is like, how aligned can I be in my truth? And just um, model that. Model that whatever you decision that you make, um, even if somebody else agrees, you feel good about it. You feel aligned in it. And that really comes to, like this conversation around relationships and relational health, right? Relating all of this back to the men's health and relational health is how does this all influence um, our basic health? It could be our physical or mental health. And the way I see it is that the less aligned we are with our truth, the less questions that we've asked ourselves, the less um, choices that we feel we've made, the bigger toll we take on our own health. The less authentic I feel, the less I'm able to walk through this world feeling good, feeling actually confident, feeling trusting in myself. And therefore, that's going to take a hit on 
how I internally am feeling. I'm in survival mode at that point. What can I do here to, to survive this experience? And then what can I do here to survive this one? Do I, am I just surviving my relationship? Am I just surviving through my job? And in some cases, you know, that absolutely is necessary. And I totally honor that. But what I'm really attesting to here is that the more we find ourselves in survival relationally, the more unhealthy internally we'll be because our body can only focus on this fight or flight feeling we have. Right. So it's just really all frantic and tense and stressed and overwhelmed. And we don't have room to be calm and to rest and for our body to do its bodily functions like fight off viruses, like fight off sickness, because it's in fight or flight. So it really like physiologically, it actually does impact our health, which is why this conversation is so important, because if we're going to step into relationships and we're going to step towards marriage and kids and these decisions that really have, um, a relational impact on our life, we also have to be aware of um, how authentic we are showing up in those moments and how good can we feel internally in order to then hopefully uh, express that outwardly. Right? And the opposite side of that is the less authentic I am inside, the more I'm going to project what I'm struggling with outside. Right. So I'm going to make situations worse in my relationship. I'm going to make relationships with my kids worse. And then my health will deteriorate. I will do the same thing with my job. I will project how I feel internally onto my job and then I'll hate my job and my job will absolutely suck. And then I'll find myself overwhelmed, stressed, blown out and sick. We know that happens. So, and it's happened to me many times. I countless times I've gotten sick because I am, it literally is in the moment where I've had a turning point where realizing I've been fake. Like I'm not showing up authentically. Like I'm not asking myself the right questions. And at the time, I didn't know the right questions, but it still induced sickness. I still got sick. It was like the universe's way, my body's way of saying, what's the Jim Carrey quote? It's like, I'm, I'm done playing this character. Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I'm depression. I'm done playing this character. And how often are we really paying attention to those? And can we pay attention to them more so we can see, okay, how do I want to feel in my relationships? And what do I need to do to continue to build them? To continue to build them? Like, I think I used to believe that relationships aren't actually a journey. And this is going to sound odd, but like I did really think when I said earlier that, well, I think relationships are more of just a box ticked. It's another person involved and it's intimate, but like I fulfilled the task like a man of getting this box ticked. Okay, great. What's the next box? Okay, well, it'll be marriage. So let me wait a few years and then I'll tick that box. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. something I felt like I would walk into and have to put effort in because didn't I already do that by getting the person? Mm -hmm. Didn't I already put in the work? So, okay, here who I am, quote, quote, if it was authentic, here's who I am. Okay, great. Now let's just, we'll figure it out. And it might not be perfect, but it's not supposed to be right. Like it's not supposed to be great. Um, then we'll get married and then we'll move on and I'll tick more boxes, kids, right? Retirement, whatever. And of course that led me, like I said earlier, to nowhere. It led me to failed relationships and I didn't consciously go out of my way to ask myself a question. What do I want in a relationship? How do I want this to go? Who do I want to be in this relationship? How do I want to handle conflict? Like just seemingly now looking at it, really simple questions. I just never asked myself. Just going, just going along. Yeah, just going along. And then aimlessly. You know, yeah, aimlessly. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional aimless, right? It wasn't. It was um, very unintentional, just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, checking the boxes, trying to build a career and get successful and 
um, you know, have a partner. So now I'm not being judged for that. So at least that's good. Um, which is funny because we end up getting judged for the person we pick anyway. So either way, we're getting judged, you know, uh, and then we find ourselves in divorce. And I think there was a, a stat out there too to really put this into picture is that um, to go to a bit of a ch- more challenging place that a large, large portion, if not the majority of suicides that come by men are divorced men because wow. of the toll it takes on us. Yeah. And the all of the That's a effort, big concern. It's a big concern, right? Man. Yeah, we give everything to this and relationship. We're, just like, we're not authentic in it. And we're kind of just like, we're kind of just like getting numb to the statistics a little bit, you know, mm. and it's, it's disheartening to have, you know, suicide numbers be this high and divorce rates to be this high and us to just be like, you know, bystanders, just like watching it happen, you know, and not being proactive about it and not, you know, having the ability to just, I think sometimes as men, you know, to your example of aimlessly kind of running around, it's like, we have a little bit of a cross that bridge when it comes mentality to relationships. And I just don't think that like, I think that with that mindset, you're like, you're, you're, you're lending yourself to that 50% number, you know, Mm -hmm. cross that bridge when it comes. If you can be so intentional about some of these other things in your life, it's like, you know, put a little priority in, in being able to like read the temperature of the room, you know, read the temperature of the room, read the temperature of the climate, you know, what are, you know, what are the deep needed who do I need to become to attract the things that I want in my life, you know, and what do I want in my life? And I think that if you can really get into that and really, really understand that you really give yourself the best chance. And I think that it's, it's like, there's nothing worse. You know, I've had to reframe. I had a little bit more of the tick in the box mentality, I would say with, you know, relationships and dating and stuff in the bath in the past, you know, and even worse, it's almost like I actually valued wanting to be a dad more than being a husband. It was kind of just a byproduct of me getting to where mm. I needed to get to. I was like, mm-hmm. the skill set well that said. I like and I want to be at is I want to be a dad, you know, and then there's these things that have to happen before I get to be that. So how do I kind of just go about this, you know, kind of aimless box, tick, box, tick, box, tick. And I realized that, that was such a negative way of viewing it. You know, that was such a, such a bad way to start getting yourself ready for a relationship because you're at that point, you're, you're just trying to get through the motions to get to a point where, you know, you're going to feel fulfillment. And what I'm doing there, similar to the example of, you know, the person who was pursuing that finance career is I'm just, I'm just pushing through a bunch of shit to get to a point to hopefully feel fulfillment at the point and then realize, fuck, I don't actually like how I like plow through all this stuff mm-hmm. and sure I got to my destination and maybe, you know, I'm dealing with my own trauma and I, I, I want to prove my, I want to prove people that, you know, I shouldn't be trying to prove wrong, right. And wrong, wrong and all that stuff. And, you know, what am I bringing? Why do I want to be a dad and just like, put, why, why do I want Why do I want that? What is the, what is the reason there? Oh, okay. Maybe I felt like there are some decisions that happened in my life that I want to kind of be like, can't be that hard. You know, like <laughs> what, what is the energy that yeah. you're, you're bringing to this idea of wanting to, you know, is that bitterness? Is that spite? Is that anger? Right. Like, what is it? Because you, that's such a, so that's so far that it's like, if you don't, if you just plow through all these other stuff, you're going to, you're going to create so much more damage, you know? And it wasn't until like a couple of years ago where I actually like 
the idea of never being a dad ever fell into my mind and mm. I felt at peace with it. And mm. it was like, whoa. Because I had wanted that so bad for so long that the idea of it coming to me and me being at peace with it re- made me realize that, oh, I'm, pri- I'm, I'm prioritizing the steps. I'm respecting the steps. And if that, if that happens to be what comes by me honoring the process of being in a relationship that works, that has success, that is the committal, you know, it kind of feels like wanting to play the game so bad and ignoring all the, all the rehabs and all the little things that you need to do in order to get back to the game, you know? And I just felt like before I was ignoring all the steps and I just wanted to play so bad, just wanted to play, just wanted to play, didn't care, just get me in the game. I'm going to ignore all the details of everything I got to do to get ready for the game. I'm just going to just get me to the game, just get me to the game where the real lesson, the real power is being so meticulous and so detailed about everything you do leading up to the, the experience that by the time you get to it, it's so euphorically, it feels so amazing because you, you didn't skip steps. You didn't cheat your way through it. You, you really, you really leaned into it. And, uh, to me, I don't want kids. I don't want to be a father. I don't want any of these things unless I'm with a person that I really want to be with. And now for me, the priority has become making sure I get this equation right, because that actually is going to lead to me finding the right, giving myself the right situation to be the best father I can be. Um, mm. So it was definitely a, great. a big reframe for me. And, um, and it's that confusing, serves right? me a lot more now. It's daunting. Like you spend your whole life under this vision of what you think you are going to do. And I did the same thing. We're having the same conversation. Like, are we going to have kids? And in this moment, we haven't actually decided. We, in this moment, are not trying, right? So we're saying no. And we're trying to figure out what the next steps are, but we're not saying we have to. And we're not saying like, what do you mean? Like, why wouldn't we? It's just more of like, what do we want and how do we want to be? How do we want this to look in the future? Does it, what kind, does the decision bring us some sort of, you know, like you said, peace and fulfillment uh, one way or the other? Are we asking ourselves deeper questions than just should or shouldn't I? Like what works for us? And I, again, same thing with marriage. I never questioned that. It was the same as you. I'm going to have a child. I'm going to have multiple children. And I remember saying at one point that I think I said I was going to have four. And then it was just like, it was just a number. I remember saying it and I didn't, I, I think if anything, my stomach probably turned the wrong way. It wasn't like, oh, like that's exciting. I'm, I'm happy for that. It's like, oh, why did you just say four? My body's like, yeah, do you, are you sure? <laughs> it's my body. My body's like, are you sure? And I just, again, you don't question it, right? Because you're supposed to do that. Again, that authenticity comes through even more as we continue to dive into this conversation. And I think that the the way that I kind of want to move this conversation to that I think is important is how do we create relational health? Really? Like if we're in a relationship and maybe you can attest to this on your plan, like how do we actually create relational health? What does that look like? And um, how is that going to actually help us as men? So uh, I'll hand the floor to you for a second. When you think about planning for a relationship and trying your best to make sure it's a healthy relationship and that there's relational health, what comes to your mind as a focus, uh, topics or areas of investigation or curiosity or discovery like what comes up for you in regards to relational health what does that mean to you 
It's a good question. It's it's, it's a loaded question. I I want to I wanted to we'll get we'll get into that after. I'll I'll ask you a little bit more um about your experience with being a relationship coach and what you mm. think are like some pillars in terms of um, okay. sustaining because I do think that there is yeah, absolutely. there's a level of like if you're a single man um I think that there's a level of like kind of set it and forget it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think overdwelling on being focused well on a relationship when you're not in one is like a little too much, you know, like yeah. you kind of have to be conscious of it and aware of it. So you're not blindsided, right? It's, I would rather be, I'd rather be ready for the test than not ready for the test. And so once you kind of figure out those markers, once you figure out, you know, your kind of game plan objectively of what you're trying to achieve. And for me, my game plan has always been, you know, I've almost in my mind, it's gone to the point where it's like, treat all my relationships with the utmost respect prioritize self-discovery and continue to get the become the best version of yourself there's ugly traits that you know you have work on them someone is not going to like you in in the you know someone's someone's not going to achieve like you know they're not going to like that if you already have a really something that you've self-identified well don't just leave it there work on it try to get better at it you know you're not articulate with your words or you're not articulate with expressing your emotions you know and you and you can figure that out by like okay cool i had a i felt some type of way about my workplace i had a difficult conversation it got ugly it went bad you can foresee that happening in your relationship fights are going to happen so if, if you don't address some of these things that you're already self-aware about you're in a detriment so i'm just highly conscious of the relationships around me and how they're going and what i can work on um and then the last thing is like genuinely like i set it and forget it you know what i mean set it yeah. and forget it like i always say that that's like the universe's work you know like that's not me banging my head up against the wall every day being like oh i hope i get love or just it's just exhausting you know it's not serving it's not purposeful I think that like being aligned in like how you're engaging in relationships and being self-aware about who you are every single day is going to lead to good relationships. But everyday consciousness, everyday, you know, I call, I literally tell people when they ask me and I get asked quite a bit, the older you get, I feel like the more and more people want to know what your love life is like, which has been crazy to, to experience. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when they ask me, I always say like, that's the universe's work, you know? I don't, I don't, I don't wake up every day and, and clock into my computer and go, all right, dating Anwar, what's going on? Like, nah, that's the universe's work. And the universe I trust to be like, you're doing the work. You're becoming the person that like, you know, I see for you and you see for you here, here's the person. Mm-hmm. And I think that like, like I, I believe in this fail. I feel, I believe in this, like getting tested multiple times, but the same thing when you're not ready for it. Mm. So if the universe does present this person to you and, you know, you go through the emotions and you're failing this test, well, it doesn't mean you're not going to be in a relationship again. It just means that like at this given moment, you know, the universe said, hey, here, give it a go with what you got. And you, you didn't pan out. You didn't do enough. You know, you weren't ready for it. But the universe will give you another one. The universe will give you another opportunity at bat. And when that opportunity comes. And so for me, it's just constantly being prepared for these tests that the universe gives me, which is, you know, rewards. Um, and when mm-hmm. it gives me a reward, you either drop the reward if you're not ready for it or, um, you achieve it, you, you receive it. And that is just the work. That is just the yeah. work. I've been given many opportunities in my life where I wasn't ready for it. And it was such a cool experience. You know, I think, you know, when I was, the universe gave me basketball, it gave me a passion. It gave me a sport that I was like, wow, these are full feelings and emotions. I have never experienced. They feel so unreal but I wasn't ready. I didn't respect. I thought it came easy so that it would like, you know, I I thought I'd never not play basketball. And then I got the harsh reality of like, you weren't ready for that opportunity, but now you Mm -hmm. know what passion feels like and you know what commitment feels like. And, you know, you learned a lot of stuff, but you fumbled that one, you know? Um, 
here, here's another passion. I'll throw you away and see what you do with mm. it this time. Knowing that last time you didn't respect it and you didn't put in the work you deserved, you know, and how can you just be ready for these tests that life throws at you and just, you know, and all I do is prepare to be ready for the test. But that comes mm. at the, it comes more in a, in a, the headspace of set and forget, you know, most yeah. of it at least. Um, cause it's just not serving. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Reminds me of the phrase, like make decisions, not out of desperation, but desire, you desire a relationship, but you're not desperate for it. And that like desperate reach is going to bring into your space things that you probably didn't really want in the first place because it'll just be the first person that arrives. And then you just settle down and say, yep, okay, got it. Someone arrived. Someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, something. And it's not uh, just not well thought out and not really given the appropriate discovery and reflection that's needed to know if it's actually the right decision or not. Mm-hmm. I did want to ask you, though, because more on the inside of things, I think that relational help inside is mm-hmm. really where, like, you know, the audience is, you know, should be sitting at the edge of their seat. Like, to me, the reality yeah. <laughs> is, is that, like, you can work on yourself all you want outside of the arena. I'm not going to know if I'm ready for the game or not until I'm in the freaking game. You know what I mean? 100%. That's when, you know, so I think that, like, from the perspective of someone who's in a relationship, our relationship coach understands, you know, some of the problems that his clients is presenting to him. What would be, you know, when you're in the relationship how do you maintain relationship health then you know like mm-hmm. what are some of the things that like lead you to um i don't know if you have a list or you have a philosophy in which you go about you know your practice and and and, and your and your knowledge but what are some some what are some of the pillars to maintain you know relational help while in a health while in a relationship yeah, i think a really easy way to frame it and from my perspective is how you take care of anything else in your life how you stay healthy with your diet, how you stay healthy with your water intake, how you uh, maintain a good career. Like all of these things are the, they're the exact same practices. And what we, again, what we find that we, we tend to do is we don't apply the same principles to our relationship. There's a, like some sort of missing link that we, we just don't bridge it, right? I heard this great thing the other day that said, leave your work at home, but bring, the way you work home, I think if that makes sense. So like leave your work, your stress of work and the concern of work and all that stuff, leave it at work, but bring home all of the ways in which you operate, right? So you're a people person, Mm. right? So you're trying to engage with respect and love and care. And if you do feel angry and frustrated, right? Can you, at work, you have to figure out what to do with that because you can't let that out, right? So Mm. the same thing applies to your relationship. You can feel angry and upset, but don't write your partner an angry email. You know what I mean? Like allow that same skill set you have at work. There it is. The skill set you have at work, bring those skill sets to your relationship. The skill sets that get you into physical shape, right? The commitment level, uh, the dedication, the um, ability to push through discomfort, right? When you're doing difficult workouts, like all of these same things are the same concepts that we need to apply to our relationships. Plain and simple. If I want to get really hydrated, I have to drink water all day, which means I have to remember and focus on it, which means I got to buy a different bottle, which means I got to start noting it and marking it and tracking it and paying attention to it. Okay, right. So I want my relationship to improve. Okay, absolutely. No worries. Exact same. It's the exact same. So I think we complicate it, right? There must be some big, huge decision or big, huge step or big change that needs to happen. And it's not because... That's like saying my love for you only exists in the big grand gestures. 
but my love for you actually really lives in the small, tiny, consistent ones. So relational health is never grand gestures, ever. I don't ever tell my clients to go do something big, a big trip. I actually, in many ways, I say, okay, great, go do the trip. Go do this big thing that um, is going to be a lot of fun and enjoy it. And it's in two months. What are you doing for the next two months each and every day? Right? It's a consistent action, consistently small action. And what that asks of us to do is it's asks us to reframe completely how we look at relationships because, again, it is being viewed as just something we obtain and then it's done and it's settled and it'll figure itself out. And it's never that way. And it actually never has been that way. And it won't ever be that way because it's like saying, if I eat this healthy dinner today, then I'm good for health for three months. You're not, you still have to eat. (laughs) You still got to cook the food. You still have to do all those things. So basic pillar, take care of your relationship the same way you take care of everything else. Nothing is different about it. And what's the quote I think I heard one time? The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. So can Mm -hmm. we just, can we say the way I do most things is the way I want to continue to do everything else? Like just keep that ball rolling. Um, So that would be the first part about relational health is it's the same as health everywhere else. Same with job health, mental health, physical health. Can I add one, can I add one thing to that? Please. I love that. I think that that's 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 so simplistic and and perfect in its own way. Um, I can hear things in the background of just just because that tactic works at work doesn't mean it's going to work at, in the relationship, right? There's a mm-hmm. differentiation between also. Um, so I just wanted to add that nuance of like understanding that the same attitude towards your work is the great attitude to bring to work, but some of the skills that you execute at work aren't going to be the skills that help your and just knowing the difference, right? I think there's a, there's an effort there, but for Fair. example, at work we might be very problem solution oriented, you know. And you come home, and someone's not like, yeah, how how this works at work is you create a problem, I create solutions. This is supposed to work, and then the answer is like, nah, hold space and don't give me a solution and just listen to mm. me and don't don't you know. So these are some of the these are some of the ways where I think that sometimes us men take it too literal how you act at work literally is how you act in your relationship and and it's like hey this is a new this is still a different place and there's mm-hmm. still different markers for success here than there is at work you know you can't i think we said in the last episode you can't kpi your way out of this one you know what i mean there isn't there isn't a a, a sales forecast that's going to help you with this one you know what i mean this is a different arena and you do need a little bit more um, self-awareness of what skills are going to actually work here but mm-hmm. everything else about that i think is, is is spot on especially effort wise i think effort shouldn't be shouldn't change like mm-hmm. effort should be the same mm-hmm. yeah great nuance there and great separation because it's not it's definitely not black and white and so just adding in the color there is really important so i think that's great and as far as keeping relational health goes on top of all of those experiences, there are an endless loop of words and phrases that could be phrased in a way that might make sense. But I really think it just comes down to uh, effort always, right? It's really just going to be effort, but it's not just relational effort. It's individual effort, like personal effort. So if I'm going to do the relational effort, well, then it's going to ask me to do the effort within, like it's going to ask me to consider myself, It's going to ask me to understand myself. So self-awareness is naturally going to be that pillar, right? If anything, self-awareness will be that pillar. Effort will extend off of that. Uh, Radical responsibility 
for our part that we play in every situation. And we really like to think that it's not two to tango, especially as soon as conflict happens, right? It's no longer two to tango. It's you're the only one tangoing. I'm not dancing. Well, what's your deal? Uh, and we separate <laughs> ourselves from the dance when we're always playing. We're always there. We're holding hands. It's just main, we may be tripping over each other's feet. So what is your part? And can you take ownership for the fact that you had a misstep and caused the dance to fall over and just get back up together? Um, mm-hmm. And wow. the key phrases I've, yeah, I've shared in the past of like collaboration versus competition, um, mm-hmm. feelings first, facts later. And just remembering, like, I, I don't know if I really like this word anymore. You're not in a relationship. You're in a partnership. Mm-hmm. And if you can phrase it more and like, I'm in a partnership. I remember this phrase coming a long time ago and there was resistance to it. But I, it's how I always phrase it. This is my partner. Um, because what that implies is always reminding myself that we're doing this together. Right? I can't be in a partnership if I'm doing it alone. Because then I'm in a self-ship or an individual ship. You know, like I'm not in a partnership. So reminding myself as often as possible, that's what I'm here and that's what I'm doing, gives me the opportunity to know that we're building this life together. We're doing everything that we do together. And that means that I'm going to have to consider her as a person. I'm going to have to consider her past. I'm going to have to consider the way she responds, but I'm also going to consider who she's going to become. And who I'm going to become Mm. and giving myself the freedom to know that we're going to change. We're going to grow. We're going to evolve. And we didn't get into this in the beginning saying, okay, I need you to stay the same person for the rest of our lives. Because that is what I think leads to most divorces is this codependent idea that if I don't change, then you won't. We'll just be Mm. good being the same, but we know that what's not growing is dying. So we need to know that, if we're not growing relationally, we are dying. We're dissolving and it's not helping our health. It's really impacting its stress, anxiety, overwhelm, lack of authenticity, hiding my truth. It's an endless loop that will affect our actual physical health because it's affecting our mental health. And then the last thing that I'll share for relational health is a really important distinction um, around ownership. I think in relationships, we like to think we own each other and I highly disagree. I think that's one of the worst narratives that we can get into. Same thing with children is like ownership. It's just this idea that we have to all constantly own things and therefore have control over. So if I own my partner, I can be one up all the time because I own you. You're here in this relationship, right? So like you're not going anywhere. This idea, this naivety, right? So to get out of that, the radical idea is that in the morning when I wake up, I choose her today. Mm-hmm. And then in the future, I may wake up and be like, shit, like, do I still choose her this morning? And ask, actually asking myself that question each and every day, instead of sitting in this like pretend comfy blanket that this person's just going to be around forever. Right. That's what I think I knew I technically wanted. I wanted that safety blanket of marriage. So I knew you wouldn't go anywhere except we know that divorce still happens. So it's not really true, but it's this false narrative, this false idea. So what's more important, I believe, is that it needs to be a conscious choice as often as possible. I choose this right now with you. I choose this life with you. It's owning it, right? Because if I know that I'm choosing it, then I choose everything that comes with it. I choose the great, the incredible, the beautiful, the trips, the loveliness, the sex. I choose it all. And I choose the hard. I choose who you are. 
I choose your quirkiness, your weirdness, your irritations that annoy me. I choose your trauma. I choose your past. I choose it all. And if I can know consciously that I choose it all, then I come in with a completely different human level perspective towards who you are and what we're doing together. Talk to him. Oh my God. This guy just... Yo, put put the muscles away, man. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> guy's flexing on us right now. That was... Oh my Lord. I love talking about it. Like, the, like we said at the beginning, this is what I do and this is why I do it because as soon as I start talking about it, as soon as you give me room to do so, I am... I can feel the... the, the in my body like i want i wish i was had my phone here recording that whole experience thankfully we already have but just so i could relish in that because i love the way that talking about this feels like it fulfills me to be able to share um my perspective towards things but really to share ways it doesn't really matter me everyone that's listening is like taking that and i hope that you're applying that because then i believe that the more relationally that we can think the better relationally we can think allows us to then have better relationships. And isn't that really the problem we're all facing in the world? Is just shit relationships. Not just intimate, but friendships, family ships, political ships, like all of these things. What are they? They're really bad relationships. They're really tumultuous relationships that are really more thinking about me than I am the relationship. So how much can we change in the world by being more relational instead of individual? Right? You talked earlier about being king like focus on you king yes and it's not a kingdom if no one's around if there's no land to tend to it's not a kingdom right you're just a lonely king in a big castle right so it really is about like if we're going to do it build the kingdom and understand like how am i taking care of my land how am i taking care of this space because i have to consider all of that too not just me at the top of the mantle and then we change the world Quality of our relationships determines quality of the world. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, 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 I love, I love seeing people get into, you know, things that they're passionate about. And you can definitely feel it, um, you know, just with your wisdom and your knowledge and your expression. I can really feel that, you know, you, you truly feel like that is what you're doing for service and that, you know, by you helping the, the ships, all the ships um you're able to help you know yeah, the world man and i think that that's very powerful we're gonna kind of i kind of wanted to go into kind of get into the conversation of you know takeaways and my takeaway comes from that massive rip that you know you had um something that just hit me like a brick wall while you were talking there was you reframing relationships to partnerships and as subtle as that sounds what i heard was that your relationships prepare you for your partnership. Mm. The relationships you have in your life, whether it's with your diet, your physique, your mental, your emotional, your friends, your family, all these relationships prepare you for your partnership. Mm. And the lessons that you take from the relationships you have in your life, all of those tweaks the relationship you have with yourself, all of the learnings that you're learning and the relationships that you're in, because for me, I'm not in a partnership right now, right? It's just a bunch of relationships that I have. But everything that I'm learning about these relationships is better tuning me for a partnership. And that's mm -hmm. the experience that I bring is that I'm taking my relationships seriously and therefore I'm able to 
to have a healthy partnership in the future. Um, and so that, that reframe there was just obviously more of a language thing, but just energetically, I felt like, whoa, that's mm. cool. Because if I can think of every relationship that I'm in right now and go, the better I get at these, the better my partnership is going to be in the future. Um, I love that. So that really, really, mm. really resonated with me. And and and, and the idea of, a, of ownership too, right? That all your relationships are preparing you for partnership and not ownership. You're not going to mm. own someone after this. You're going to work with someone after this, you know? Um, love that. Love that reframe, man. Well said. Thanks for sharing. I'm glad that resonated because, you know, I can sense in sometimes when you do small language shifts, you're like, yeah, like it'll be helpful, but it won't be like, you know, blasphemy. It won't be wondrous, if you will. But um, I'm glad that it resonated because it's such a truth, relationships versus partnerships. And uh, I know that it just didn't really serve me to think that way, that I was in a relationship. Um, I was relating to this person, but I wasn't partnering with them. Right. So mm-hmm. can I just ensure that that's my focus? And then that whenever we fight or argue, like this is someone I'm partnering with in life. So if they're going to be in the car, I might as well try to make it a pretty fucking good car ride. You know what I mean? Um, so great reframe, great opportunity to work a lot off of that. Uh, my takeaway from this conversation is, you know, so I, I think that my, my truthfully, my first takeaway that came to my mind was just this reignition of passion that I feel towards this area and how important it is as, for us as men to really step into this arena. That's it's a separate conversation and I'm going to add it in because 99% of the time couples get help. It's never the man. It's always the woman speaking to hetero relationships. And as men listening to this right now, there's a missing link in our minds and I'm on board. I get it. Um, that feels like we shouldn't go and get support through our relationships because if I can just handle the situation once and we're good, if I can just like do it myself, I got it. Um, and that's not a kingdom, right? That's the lone wolf narrative. And what we're doing here is dismantling that and getting rid of it completely. Um, there's a kingdom again, a kingdom is not a kingdom if there's nobody around. And so to be in partnership with someone requires that you are also taking care of that side of your kingdom. You're paying attention to it and considering it. So can we get step out of lone wolf? Can we step towards what kind of kingdom do I want to build and to be a part of and to take care of? And does that mean that I might need to get support? A king has support. A king has an entire council, right? The king doesn't do make decisions on his own. He doesn't. So from that reframe, can we know to be true that we are all relational beginners until we're not i'm a relational beginner i don't know what i'm doing until someone gives me new information that no one's ever done before and now all of a sudden i can give myself a chance to be an intermediate and to be a relational pro if you will Um, but to expect that we're going to just be relational pros is not possible, truthfully. I'm just going to stand on that sword. To expect yourself to read the books and do the things and be a relational pro is not possible. Um, it requires so much more than that. Practice, effort, attention, awareness, responsibility, um, and really to be able to look at yourself in a deep way. So I'm talking about two different concepts, kingdom, and I'm also talking about being a relational beginner. But those are my additions to this conversation um, and my takeaways that I wanted to leave um, in the conversation. Unreal. I think that, I think the, the, that kingdom 
narrative is going to really resonate with people, you know, um, all I can kind of picture is just, you know, when you, when I was watching game of Thrones, there was definitely a success strategy and then there was definitely a toxic strategy, you know, and some of the Kings that went about it a lot more, you know, I don't want to be here alone. I'm for the people. I, I see partners. I don't see, I own people felt like they were the, the better kingdoms, you know? And so I think that that kingdom metaphor just really resonates with me. And I, I'm glad that you kind of brought that to the forefront because yes, we want to honor all of you listening and you are all your own Kings. You know, you are all your own Kings and we want you to stand in that. We want you to be the best version of yourself and we don't want to take your, you know, your King hat away, but we do want you to develop a better kingdom. And that starts with the man in the mirror. So Love that. Well said. I haven't seen the show, so I had no reference point to give. <laughs> so I was just intently listening, like, tell me more. I want to know more. Um, but yeah, I think that that wraps up the episode. Anything else you want to finish before we finish? No, nah, man, no. that's all good. Okay. Appreciate you. Great. Uh, Love it. You sharing Perfect. the space. Because it's raining. So that's a great, it's a great time to start. <laughs> the universe is like, okay, guys. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. Listen, guys, it's Men's Health Month. And again, this is a really important part of our health is taking care of our relational health the same way we take care of the health of everything else in our lives. So let's do our best to reprioritize this together and put this at the forefront if necessary, if that's something that does need to happen. And just be conscious of it. If things are going well, that's okay. Consistent, small action. Relational health is important, gentlemen. And so is everything else, your prostate health, right? So make sure you get checked, your mental health, make sure you're taking care of yourself and your physical health, same thing, and emotional, spiritual. So hope you appreciated this episode. Hope you got some value. If you do need support, I'm going to drop my link in here as well. I am a relationship coach. This is what I do for a living. So please reach out to me. I'd love to support in any way that I can. I promise you I've helped a ton of men move through experiences like this and reprioritize this and make it all work, not just give themselves away to the relationship, but also to find the balance between the relationship and the work life and success and the growth. Really for me, it's about how can we find the balance of committing to ourselves and committing to the relationship. So reach out to me at the relationship coach underscore on all platforms. Otherwise, make sure to download and subscribe this episode because it really helps us reach more men out there to hear this message to really, like we said, to focus on their relational health and subscribe on YouTube as our guest episodes will be there. And we hope to see you in the next episode. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.